Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes in public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. The show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its soundness initiative. This episode is sponsored by the Finest Service Organization, a provider of line of duty death loan protection through many of our POCUA institutions. I am Ken Bader, your host for Public Safety Talk Radio, and I have another intriguing guest, not only former military, former law enforcement, but current author. His name is not Strawberry Topping, not Hot Fudge Topping, but Glenn Topping. Uh, we have with us today who is a retired, who is a retired sergeant uh, in the sheriff's office of 25 years, prior organized crime detective. That is really interesting, working on drug smuggling. Can I, did you ever smuggle any good drugs that we could talk about? Never mind. Um, I can confirm nor deny that. Nor deny. <laughs> See, you're already playing along just perfectly. Uh, but he was also uh, a uh, field supervisor, was featured on Cops, which is a damn good show out there. Uh, he's an Army military police veteran, and he's an author of four novels, which include Look, A Quarter, A Young Boy's Pursuit of a Dream, uh, The Hurt, Operation 1600, and I'm sure we're going to talk about all of them and the stuff that he's got coming up. Uh, Glenn, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. And, you know, so much stuff to dig into. But, yeah, I think that the first obvious question is, you know, you went from being in the military to a law enforcement professional uh, to a published author, excuse me, to a published author today. Yeah, tell us about that progression. You know, tell us about the motivation to, to write those books. Well, ironically, the uh, the. The law enforcement and the military had nothing to do with writing the first book. <laughs> I kind of picked up on that going going through it a little bit on Amazon, but tell us more. Yeah, I was working uh, in this rock and roll club back in the early 80s before policing. And we had a drive-by shooting homicide of a bouncer. Mm. And uh, it, it took that, you know, from the shooting to the capture, the trials, uh, to the, the escape from prison. Uh, to a death in prison, to uh, back at the rock and roll club, all back in the 80s, you know, it was the cocaine cowboy days. Yeah. It was all sex, drugs, and rock and roll back then. <laughs> that was so the 70s. That <laughs> was the early 80s, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 70s. Uh, so years later, I had an idea that this this crazy story should maybe be a movie script. So I got with the script writer in California, and we put that, I already had the outline done, it was like about 95 pages of writing. I was, and I lived it, so I was a witness and witnessed this whole story, so it was easy to write. Uh, so then we put it together in a script format. Then I was talking to this executive producer that I know, who was the, who's the executive producer of the Amazing Race TV show. Oh, okay. All right. He was the cameraman on the cops show with me back in 1989. Mm -hmm. So that was my contact. So he said, "Why don't you why don't you have this the script transformed from from script to book, mm -hmm. and then maybe book to movie." So I got with somebody else and helped me write the book and put it in book format, which I got the first book, which is called The Hurt. Mm -hmm. That's how it started. So that was the, the first book that you wrote. Yes. Okay. So, you know, you, you know what, you know, not many law enforcement professionals that we have the pleasure of having, you know, on this show 
you know, our published authors, although we've had a few, you know, what, you know, what was really, you know, going through your mind, you know, in terms of, you know, all right, yeah, this is something I really, really need to get out there, you know, or it just kind of, you know, all right, you know what, you know, it's, it's something I really want to do. So let's roll with it. Well, I think it was something I really wanted to do um, to, pro to project what the, the, all the gun violence that was going on yeah. back in the early eighties. And uh, so I had that idea of maybe putting it, you know, pen to paper and write it up. And it took me a while to put it together because, you know, you have to, you know, you write 10 paragraphs and you move three of them around. Then you got to cancel <laughs> that one out and add five more. And it, it's a, it was really a pain in the ass. <laughs> but eventually, <laughs> eventually it came together. And um, that was the story. And then I think the book turned out to be a little better than the script. So when are we going to when are we going to see the movie? Well, it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get somebody to look at the script um it's like you have to know somebody and i know a few people but unfortunately they're not they're not they're too busy with doing other things right now uh you know johnny depp is a, is an acquaintance of mine yeah we worked together back in this rock and roll club back in the early 80s he was at the band mm -hmm. uh and now he's you know he's a big shot now so i was always trying to get a hold of him to get involved in my project because he's got his own production company yep i'm sure he can afford to buy the script uh not that he's 10 million dollars richer so, <laughs> did you did you ever get introduced to amber heard let's go there no, 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 no. you no, know no, she's no. a hell of a lot better looking than uh <laughs> than johnny depp although i am a johnny depp fan <laughs> yeah me too. We, you know we worked together I, I met him a couple of times after work after we did the club when i was working with the sheriff's office i met him at a couple of events talked about old times it was kind of fun cool Cool. So are all of your books fiction or are they all nonfiction or kind of a combination thereof? Because I know some folks, you know, will, will take a, a kind of a, a true story and not call it a true story, but embellish it for entertainment purposes and so forth. Yeah, they are a mix of, of both. Um, obviously, the first one is a true story. Yeah. Uh, the others were Operation 1600 is a a political thriller about a corrupt U.S. president that gets us into a nuclear exchange with Russia. All right. Uh, the Look of Quarter is a autobiographical anecdotes about my life growing up in New York mm -hmm. through the military, through policing, through what I'm doing today. Um, and then the other one was uh, a sequel to the first book. Okay. 25 years later called The Real Story Behind the Hurt mm -hmm. and the Rise and Fall of Extremists. And that was 25 years after the club closed. The same owner reopened it 25 years later, only to find out that he's a legitimate bad guy. And he's a member of Antifa, and he, <laughs> he lets Antifa and Black Lives Matter work in their work in all the rock clubs. But mm -hmm. at night they go out and they cause havoc, <laughs> kind of hiding in plain sight. So you know what? What you know? I'm sure you know. You obviously know an, a number of fellow other than you know obviously Johnny Depp. Um, and by the way, put in a good word, we'll get them on public safety talk radio. Um, you know, you, you, other than, than some of these famous folks, you obviously, I'm sure know a lot of fellow law enforcement professionals and other first responders when, when they read your books, and I'm assuming they have, what type of feedback do you get? Do you get, wow, that was really good. Wow. You know, there's some realism there, or you get, you know, Glenn, what are you doing, man? <laughs> or all the any, above. How do you get any of that? Uh, the few that did read it, uh, luckily, they were back in the day. They remembered that club where mm -hmm. we had the shooting. And they remember reading about the story and said, you know, you pretty got this pretty much right on. It was pretty good. 
Mm-hmm. And the book, you know, the, the story flowed okay. Uh, you didn't have to skip around and, you know, run back. What that guy saved 10 pages ago? And, you know, yeah. so, and then I've had other people to say that uh, it came out really nice. Uh, I can kind of relate. I wish I lived back in those days. But you know, I, I did. I, I wasn't in Florida, but I did live back in those days. I was in college. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, is the government paying off your loan? Uh, no, no. <laughs> you know, I was one of those stupid people that actually paid for all of my uh, college. And now well, apparently I'm going to have to pay for somebody else's, too. <laughs> Now a word from one of the POCUA's proud business partners, OfficerPrivacy.com. OfficerPrivacy.com was founded by Pete James, a law enforcement professional with over 25 years of experience. Pete wanted to find a way to help law enforcement officers protect themselves and their families. So he formed a team to create a way to quickly identify and remove their information from certain sites. OfficerPrivacy.com is the result. This service is already offered through a select few of our POCUA organizations. As a listener of Public Safety Talk Radio, you can take advantage of a special offer from OfficerPrivacy.com. Go to OfficerPrivacy.com slash POCUA, and when you sign up, you'll get two additional bonuses. In addition to removing your personal information from the top 30 people search sites, they will give you your first two months of monitoring free. This is a value of $39.98. In addition to that, you'll receive a cell phone privacy device, a $19.99 value. This prevents data from leaving your cell phone when you use public charging stations and is a must when traveling. So go to officerprivacy.com POCUA today to take advantage of this offer and to protect your privacy organizations who are members of the POCUA and are interested in offering the service directly to their members, contact us at POCUA at btcinc.org. Yeah, go, going back to um, your, your writing, you know, I know, you know, asking this question is, you know, like a Sophie's choice, you know, which kid is your favorite, but, you know, do you have one of the books that you've written that is, it really stands out at you is, you know, yeah, you know, that one's my gem, you know, that's, that's one that I'm really proud of. Not that I'm not proud of all of them, but I'm really proud of this one and why. I'm, I'm proud of my first one because I lived it. I was witness yeah. to it. I was all part of it. It came very easy to put it together. Um, so my first baby, I love it. Awesome. So what do you got coming up next? Oh boy. <laughs> well, I'm working on a fifth one. Okay. <laughs> this one's taking me a little while. No rush for it. It's going to be about a, uh, a guy that becomes the most prolific school serial killer. Wow. And I mean, I, every, every couple of weeks when something else happens around the country, I try to incorporate that into mm. the storyline. So this one's taking, I'm no rush to do this, but it's yeah. t- this one's taking me a little while. So is it kind of like an active shooter type of situation, which unfortunately, you know, we're, we're dealing with today? Um, yeah. Or is it, you know, somebody, you know, sneaking around, you know, killing the, the most annoying teacher in the school? <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's, it's, it's actually it's both. Okay. Uh, I think um, my end, I can't give up the ending, but my end will probably be pretty dynamic and pretty crazy. Okay. Um, but it's going to be a little bit of both. Cool. Now, are you going to get Johnny Depp to play that serial killer? Uh, no, I can't <laughs> afford him. 
well, well, maybe if he buys the script, he'll he'll want to do that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, never, never say never. <laughs> so did you know? You know, here's a really interesting question. You know, did you did you retire and then do some of this writing, or have you been writing all your life? I mean, even you know when you got into the military, were you trying to you know write some stuff on paper and get some things down and get some ideas? Did you always kind of have this in you? Well, you know, I started many years ago writing a lot of letters to the editor. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I wrote numerous of them, but whatever the topic was at the time, I would respond to it almost like an op-ed type of thing. And I did a lot of those. I even started one in the Army back in the early 70s. It was uh, during our, our Reforger event when it was in northern Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, that was like, the first, I think it was the first one I've ever written. And then I kind of go, this is kind of interesting. But when I got out years later, uh, I started doing the um, the uh, letters to the editor. Mm -hmm. And then, but with the book, I didn't really start messing with that until about two years ago uh, when COVID hit. Mm -hmm. I had time to sit down and really write. Yeah, we had we had time to do a lot of things in 2020 that we never thought we would. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, was I was I the writer? Watch a lot of Netflix. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, obviously yeah, there is uh, in in any author's book there's some of you um, in what I'm getting at and I haven't had the pleasure of of reading any of your books yet. But what I'm getting here in our short conversation is that there's a lot of you in those books, not only the feeling, but some of the things that, you know, you experienced and so forth. Do you find that there's any therapeutic aspect to, to your writing or is it just purely, you know, hey, I really enjoy this, you know, this is, this is fun for me or a combination thereof? Well, the first one, uh, because I lived it and witnessed it, it was more therapeutic than anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, you know, I, I knew the guy that was murdered. Uh, we were friends. Uh, he basically died in my arms. I had my finger in his bullet hole trying to stop the bleeding. Yeah. So every time I look at that, or I, I even bring up that story, it, it brings me back to that that time frame. It's almost like it happened an hour ago, right? Mm -hmm. The other one that I'm that I'm involved in is the uh, the look of quarter because that's an autobiographical anecdote about me. Mm -hmm. So the other two are not. The other two are just strictly totally different people. Got it. Got it. So for, you know, some of those folks out there, you know, I know that you know, today, you know, unfortunately, you know, we've got a lot of, of really good police officers that are leaving the job early. Um, you know, they're leaving the job early, maybe to do security, maybe they're leaving the job early to, uh, to do something else, you know, whatever that else is. And, you know, some may have the opportunity to, to be a writer, to be an author, to, to be a creator, you know, if you will, for those folks out there that, you know, could possibly tap into your knowledge and experience, you know, if they want to be an author, what would you advise for them? Well, it's a, it depends on what they're going to write about. If they're going to write about their history with their policing, then uh, make sure the facts are pretty accurate because you're always going to have people who are going to look them up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you got those fact checkers out there. Um, and just be patient because it's it's not easy just sitting at a typewriter or on a computer and putting a storyline together because it's not as easy as it sounds. Yeah. Unless you're a proficient writer and you've been doing it for a long, long time. Research yeah. it. There's books on it, how to do it. Uh, you can look up professional authors that have 
millions of copies of their books out there. They always have symposiums and forums. They like to talk and just learn about it. Learn about it because there's a, it's not it's not just sit down and type. There's a lot more to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, having written a book myself, I you know it wasn't fiction. It was uh, or uh, law enforcement related. It was business related. But, you know, I could say from my experience, it took me at least three or four times to sit down to write it before it actually got written. And I'm not saying, you know, three or four times in a week, you know, I would try it and then, you know, I would be frustrated and would go a couple of years and then I would oh, yeah. try again and then, you know, it wouldn't work. And I, I found for me, it, I always like asking fellow authors, I, I found for me that looking at that, in, in my case, you know, a blank word screen, you know, that was all white, you know, was, yeah. or you use the typewriter reference. I hope nobody's using a typewriter to, <laughs> to write their book these days, given the yeah, technology really. that we have today. But if you do, then so be it. You know, looking at a, a blank piece of paper, but right. seeing that white, at least for me, was really daunting. And that, you know, all right, you know, even with a couple of sentences, you know, it was this large uh, boulder, you know, kind of hanging over me. It's like, oh, you know, I got another paragraph to write. I got another right. paragraph. And what I found finally that worked for me is I grabbed, you know, all of my, you know, short, you know, uh, presentations, you know, I, I grabbed you know, little articles that I'd written, you know, at the time. And, yeah. and I put them into buckets, into chapters. I actually created each chapter and I just threw Word documents and PowerPoints and all kinds of things in those chapter buckets. And then when I went to those chapters, I went to those pages, you know, I found that, yeah, you know, I actually had 50 pages worth of stuff. And yeah. then it became more of an editing and building right. process than a creation from scratch process. I don't know if you did something similar um, with you know your letters to the editor and things of that nature, but you know, did you go through a similar process, or did you just go to that white piece of paper and say, "Hey, I got this"? Well, it, it, but looking at the white blank screen on the computer, I'm thinking like, "Well, this is a lot of space to put words in." I don't know if I know these many words. <laughs> it, it turned out it was I don't know, it was like eighty thousand words later. Uh, but if you know the storyline and you know what you want to say, yeah, you put it, you, you just type it away, you type away and type away, but then eventually you're going to have to edit and move things around to sort of make the story make some kind of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it obviously anybody that wants to define you and buy one of these scripts, um, can go out there on Amazon and find many of these books. Is there any other best way to find you out there? Do you have a website? Is are you on Twitter? Are you on MySpace? Do you have a big billboard someplace outside of your house? How can people best find you to find your books and and to maybe even make one of these into a movie? Uh, well, I'm on the uh, the typical websites: Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. uh, Kindle or Nook, if you want to read a book, you know, an auto book, uh, or the the publisher, which is Ex Libris, on their website. I'm also on Facebook, Twitter. That's it. I don't have a website, no website. But you know, it's funny. Today, I was interested in looking up billboards. Mentees mentioned that. Let's <laughs> see how much they cost. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, having having not for for my own business, but having bought space on billboards. 
Uh, it depends on where they are as to how expensive <laughs> exactly. it's, they're going to be. Yeah, they're expensive. <laughs> not cheap. <laughs> Probably today with inflation, oh. not so much. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Glenn, I, I really appreciate, number one, your service uh, as a military professional, as a law enforcement professional. Uh, really appreciate what you're doing with these books and appreciate you being here with us today. No, it was great. I appreciate you having me. <laughs> thank you, Glenn. Thank you again. And thank you to all of you who have either watched or listened to this episode of Public Safety Talk Radio. And we'll be back with you next week with another great guest. Public Safety Talk Radio is produced by the POCUA. POCUA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit unions or service providers near you, go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCUA credit unions, you're just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today. Thank you.